And the church is always supposed to be honest and ethical, of course. But being honest and ethical in our business doesn't exempt us from doing business. And in many cases, I believe anyway, the church, and this is not to offend anybody, but I just, I believe that the church has got to look at our, the way that we do business and the way we make financial decisions and the way that we uh, present products to people and discipleship materials. And we've got to say, have we been doing business well? Have we been obeying Jesus' command to do business at all? This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Jamie Rohrbaugh is the founder and president of From His Presence, a ministry based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she once worked for a Fortune 500 company, but gave it up for her ministry call. She's an author and speaker. She's called to preaching, intercession, and prophetic ministry. And today, I'm sure we're going to have a good discussion. Jamie, I love the name of your ministry, From His Presence. So welcome to Charisma Connection. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I was looking on your website, and I noticed that you have some really interesting ways to describe yourself, Jamie. I I think you've got that creative touch. (laughs) And uh, I, I noticed that you say that you're born for revival. I love that. And then you also call yourself an example of the foolish things that confound the wise. How about explaining those things to us? Absolutely. So I call myself an example of the foolish things that confound the wise because God has literally raised me up to be used in his kingdom out of nowhere. I didn't come from a ministry family. I wasn't even saved until I was 21 years old. Hmm. I didn't have a mentor for many years. Um, and so God just discipled me himself. He when, when I got saved, I was hungry, and he started just to teach me the Word. And at first, I couldn't even read more than one or two verses in the Bible. I just had no appetite for spiritual things. But I prayed, and I asked the Lord to teach me and to draw me closer to him. And so over the years— He taught me. He healed my mind. I came from a very broken background where my mind was just very messed up. You know, I'm sure you've talked to lots of ministers who say the same thing, but the word heals us. Mm -hmm. And so he took me from that and, and took me, you know, through a very prosperous career in the Fortune 500. And after 14 and three quarters years out of that completely into a full time ministry, So really, there's nothing on my life that would say she's destined for ministry, except that I was hungry and I wanted to be used. And so God decided he'd use anybody. And I'm so grateful that he's used me. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's a great story because, I mean, he can raise up anyone he wants to, right? Absolutely. Especially those people that think that he can't use them. He's got his eye on you. (laughs) There you go. Well, I love that your hunger increased for the Word as you prayed about that, that that God would um, lead you and increase your appetite. And so I'm sure he's done that, and and that's uh, proved to be helpful in your ministry, of course. Absolutely. You know, there's nothing greater, I believe, than the Word of God. I believe it's absolutely the Bible is the inerrant, infallible message that God has for us, and I love the Word. I eat it for breakfast and lunch and dinner, and that's really what it's all about, because people don't need me, and they don't need any of us that are in ministry. 
really, they need the Word of God, and they need the presence of God and the touch of God, and it all comes through the ministry of the Word. Mm. Well, I know your ministry is uh, in large part based online. Uh, What do you believe is going to happen in the area of church communications going forward? I mean, now we have this COVID-19 pandemic going on, and there are restrictions now, and they may or may not be lifted. We'll just wait and see what happens. But what do you think about this area of church communications? Wow, that's a great question. I really think that it's going to change everything for us but I don't think it's going to be bad changes. I think the changes might be a little bit tough to navigate. First, I believe that we in the church are going to have to change the way we communicate our message, both in tone and in the reasoning that we present to the public, the the draw of the gospel and the draw of the local church, and also in methods. You know, it's, it's obvious that we have to change our methods when we're used to preaching in the pulpit. We're used to having Sunday schools and small groups and these things can't meet. And we have to figure out a way to take those things online. That's obvious. But I also think that we're going to have to combat the mentality that people have suddenly noticed that they can be okay without the local church, you know? And in reality, we know that that's not right. Spiritually speaking, we need the local church in order to grow. But to pull people back, I believe that we're going to have to share with them the basic premise. It's it's really now, I'll say this in a, in a business type way, just because that's my background. Just the basic premise of any sales pitch or transaction that you make, anytime you try to convince someone to do something like coming to church or even, you know, selling a car or a meal or whatever, it's all about one question, which is what's in it for me. Every consumer wants to know what's in it for me before they consume a meal or a church service or a book or anything else. So we're really going to have to change the way we communicate the need for the local church to explain to people that not only is it about the fact that we're obeying God, but also the weight of the glory of corporate worship is only available here at the local church. The kind of relationships that we want to build, covenant relationships between brothers and sisters and Christ and families, those can only be built when we're together in the church body with people of like faith and like anointing, you know, and we're going to have to teach people that, where it, that they really are coming for a reason, not just for a tradition. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that's going to draw people back and bring new people in going forward. Yes, yeah, some great points there. I mean, even in the best of times, you have people who are Christians, and yet, you know, they might sit at home. I, I knew someone who would get up Sunday morning. She was an early riser. She would get up around five or six or something like that and turn on her TV and watch preacher after preacher after preacher. And that was her church. And she never saw the need to go and get engaged in a local body. And now, you know, with this going on, it might actually take some people from the church who already were involved. Yeah, it might. And we're going to have to be proactive in order to combat that tendency. Hmm. Well, how can a pastor or even a traveling evangelist, let's say, get start adapting his or her ministry uh, to not only cope with, but actually thrive in this thing that we call the new normal? Oh, I love this topic. Okay, this is one of my passions. I think first, I want to just say that it is not hard to do, but it does require us to think differently. And 
I very often work with pastors and itinerant ministers who are feeling intimidated or they just don't know which direction to go to start using media more effectively. And that's a, a big focus in our ministry. And so the first thing I always try to reassure people is it's not expensive. It's not hard. It's just going to require a pivot in the way that we think. And what that means is, number one, we have to understand that it can no longer be about just, oh, I have a website and I have a ministry. Because, frankly, and I'm going to say this just bluntly because it's the only way to communicate my point, okay? But we have to under- remember and understand that nobody cares about us. Nobody cares about you, you know? And that's hard to hear. But what people care, the people that are out there that are lost, the people out there that are hurting, the people that are broken and not in a church, what they care about is what's in it for me. And so we have to start to communicate and say, okay, we're going to present our ministry and our message in a way that is all about the person we're ministering to. So our website is going to be all about the reader. Our, our message is going to be all about how the Lord can heal you, how the Lord can help you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a message of healing and help and hope. And it's not about filling a church pew. It's not about building ministry numbers, you know? Um, so really the first step in that, if I can, is, is it okay if I Please. talk about a couple mm-hmm. of practical steps? Sure. Okay. So, so the first step is going to be that pastors and traveling ministers have to figure out what's, what makes them unique. You know, in business terms, we say, what's your brand, mm-hmm. but what experience do they have? Uh, for pastors and ministers, what breakthroughs have they earned or received in life that they got those breakthroughs in fasting and in prayer and the carpet is stained with their tears and their Bibles are, the pages are wet from their tears as they cried out to the Lord. Those things are what makes every pastor and minister unique. And it's uniqueness that draws the people in that are willing to receive that message. So they have to learn that first. That's the practical thing that they have to do first. And then, secondly, we have to learn how, and we have to equip one another in how to present those unique solutions and breakthroughs in a way that people in the modern age want to consume. So I'm not saying we should ever take away the local church. I mean, to to God be glory in the church. The church is the church that Jesus built. But this is how we can pull the people in. It's like we're using that golf driver to make the first steps by reaching out to people who are far from the church and presenting our message using modern media such as webinars, real professionally done blog posts that look as good or better than the world, you know, e-courses, e-books, websites that are about the reader, things like this that people who are not open to the gospel and people who are even lukewarm Christians, they're willing to receive and we can touch those people at a contact point called media, and we can eventually use that to disciple them and grow them more into the image of Christ when they will come into the local church. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you know we're called to excellence, aren't we? Absolutely. So what do you think are some of the biggest challenges a pastor faces as he or she tries to transition ministry online? Okay, I think number one, the thing that I see the most often when I'm talking with pastors, as I do very frequently, is believing that their ministry actually has monetary value. Because ministry is not free, as we all know. You know, the gospel is free, but the preaching of it is not. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, so it's hard when I talk to ministers. The first obstacle they usually talk to me about is I don't believe that people would pay for what I have to offer. And thinking that way is a challenge that they need to overcome because they have to understand that when people invest in their own spiritual growth, they take that investment more seriously. They take the education that they get from buying an e-course or an e-book or a regular book or a, a webinar. They take that seriously and they benefit more from it as opposed to free material. And the church is so hung up on free right now. And that really leads me to the second thing I would say that's a challenge that people have to overcome is to not give everything away. I mean, Chris, how many conferences have you ever seen where the advertisement says free streaming, free admission? A lot, right? Well, I'm trying to remember. I mean, a lot of them have a conference ticket that you have to buy, but um, it, it depends. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot that just say, you know, everything is free and people talk about we're, we're giving you this discount because we want to do you a favor. We're making it mm. all free. And in some situations, that's appropriate. But in other situations, people benefit more by having some skin in the game. And so, you know, we have to remember that Jesus said to do business. He said, occupy till I come. And that word in the Greek means do business. And the church is always supposed to be honest and ethical, of course. But being honest and ethical in our business doesn't exempt us from doing business. And in many cases, I believe anyway, the church, and this is not to offend anybody, but I just, I believe that the church has got to look at our, the way that we do business and the way we make financial decisions and the way that we uh, present products to people and discipleship materials. And we've got to say, have we been doing business well? Mm -hmm. Have we been obeying Jesus' command to do business at all? Well, I know a friend who used to have a Christian radio station and it was a commercial station and, you know, to get someone to pay for an ad was extremely difficult. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. but you're right. Sometimes when we have skin in the game, that's that's a true investment for us. Um, but as a church, you know, naturally there are going to be some things that are free. But I understand of your course. your emphasis on um, investing. So, do yeah. you, go ahead. No, I was just I was just going to add. You know, we think of it. Um, around my office, we think of it as education. You know, no one expects to go to a seminary and receive a free seminary education. Yes. But yet many people in the traditional Christian mindset expect the pastor or the minister or every Christian ministry that they know to provide them with the same seminary education that that pastor went and paid for Mm -hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. And we just, I think we have to get away from that mindset and, and begin to think about honor. Let's honor these pastors. Let's make sure they're taken care of. You know, let's invest in ourselves and honor the word by demonstrating that we care about it with our treasure. Very good. So we do have a stewardship, don't we? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So do you have a word of hope for those listening today? I mean, there's a lot going on around us and and how do you believe the changes that we see going on are going to work out for the good of both the the local pastor and the local church, and then beyond that to the kingdom? Okay, you know, I really think that the whole thing is, the whole outlook that we're seeing right now in the kingdom is, and then the culture is all set up for the great harvest of souls that's been prophesied for so many decades. 
Um, I think that having to force ourselves to put out material that's about Jesus, teaching about Jesus, preaching about Jesus, is going, having to put that out in a different way is going to reach so many more people that are willing to watch a video or pick up an ebook or read a blog post that were not in the past willing to come into a church yet. So I think we're going to see a lot of souls saved. I think we're going to reach lukewarm Christians who are not in church, who are not really on fire for the Lord. We're going to be able to start discipling those one step at a time, all those precious souls, until we can see them come into the, the, the radical love for Jesus. You know, And then third, I think that we're going to see a great transfer of wealth happen through this particular medium of having the church begin to do business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to have that because other than just playing lordship where people we're, we're called to go tell people about Jesus and bear witness about our own personal salvation, we have to do that better. But the next thing I think that prevents Jesus from coming back and the world from being reached is, is money, you know. Uh, we've got to have money to send the missionaries. We've got to have money to feed the missionaries, to, to preach the gospel on the airwaves. And so as we do business and we do business with excellence, I believe we're going to see the money come into the kingdom that has not been there before. And the people are going to be sold, so sold out that are preaching because, I mean, we're, we're talking about pastors and ministers who have been preaching for decades. You know, their loyalty to the kingdom is not in question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just their resources. And so as we change methods and pivot, I believe God is using this to force our hand to do things differently so that we can see the souls come in that we've been praying for and so that we can see the money come in that we need to use in order to reach those souls. Well, you're not the first one I've heard uh, speak about the wealth issue, but yes, we certainly do need resources for ministry no matter how we do the ministry. Right. Well, I wonder as we close if you, Jamie, would be willing to pray for our listeners uh, who are perhaps making some of these transitions that you're talking about. I would love to. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Shall I just go ahead and pray now? Please do. Okay. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up every pastor and every minister, Lord, in any capacity. Right now, I ask, Lord, that you fill them with your sevenfold Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father God. Lord, I ask that you would give them those witty inventions and that you would fill them with the wisdom and the understanding, Father God, to know how you want them to step forward. Give them an anointing to understand every step, to understand the technology, bring them the people to help them, God. Lord, I ask that you would open their eyes to hope for every pastor who's downcast, for every church who's struggling, for every minister who doesn't know what step to take, Father. I ask that you would open their eyes to the horizon of hope that you have for them and the good things that you have and that you would show them, God, that you're in this whole thing and that you're going to work it out for their good. Father, I pray that they would be able to reach millions more, that every pastor and every minister would now be able to disciple entire nations, God. Lord, I pray that every single person who's in the autumn years of their ministry and the winter years of their ministry would finish well, that their latter days would be greater than their former days. Lord, I pray for my generation, God, as we're just entering the large years of our ministry, I pray that we would hold up the hands of the generation that has gone before, that we would honor them, Father, that we would help them, that we would come alongside them to serve them, Father God, and to amplify their message and to put our muscle with their message, God, to hold up their hands and to be able to see their dreams come to pass. 
And Father, as we do that, I know you'll bless us too, God. I ask you for an outpouring of help, Lord, for an outpouring of help that you would make it easy, that you would grease up this transition, Father, in your kingdom to make it easy with your anointing and with your spirit, God. Lord, I pray that every single pastor would be able to have the resources, that you would provide the money that they need to build their websites, to produce their materials, God, even if they're starting with a $10 tripod and a cell phone, Father, that you would help them to fulfill the work of their ministry with nothing missing and nothing broken in Jesus' name, and that you'd encourage them and strengthen them. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Jamie. I like that. Horizon of hope and an outpouring of help. Boy, we need those things. So your website is fromhispresence.com. That's where people can learn more about you and your ministry. So Jamie Rohrbaugh, we thank you so much for joining us today here on Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris, for the opportunity. It's been great to be here. Yes, it's been great to have you, too. And uh, we pray that uh, all is well for those people in your area there in Chattanooga who are dealing with uh, tornadoes and the damage that those uh, created. We're thankful that you are okay. And uh, we are sure that uh, much ministry will go on in your area as a result of this. I pray so. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us on Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out our growing network of podcasts at cpnshows.com. CPN stands for Charisma Podcast Network. So please go and check that out. And while you're there, take a look at the Charisma Media Audio app and learn how you can hear Charisma Magazine read to you on audio instead of reading it yourself in print. Or perhaps you can do both. So sign up for a free 10-day trial there and listen in the spirit today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.